So as Justin said earlier, football season has begun, and he was actually a little incorrect. It began a couple of weeks ago in England, and obviously I'm talking about proper football at this point, you know, the, the ball you kick with your foot. You guys call it soccer, um, but uh, where I come from, we call it football, and uh, I like football. I grew up watching my favorite team nearby to where I live. They were called Crystal Palace, which uh, never crossed my mind until a friend of mine here in the States said, that sounds like something from a Disney movie. Well, Crystal Palace was the town that my team was in. It was a, um, a, a cool, cool place. But uh, I would go on Saturdays and I would watch my team play. And uh, it was just, it was such fun. I mean, sometimes it would be so exciting. At the end of the game, it was 0-0. And it was just such a great game. And we were so excited watching 90 minutes of action and a goalless draw. But um, You can't describe, I mean, I could try and explain to you this morning what it was like, the atmosphere of being in that stadium when the fans start singing. And if you've never been to uh, an English Premier League game or a European game or a South American game, there's just no explaining it. I'm going to try a little bit this morning. I found a video clip of um, a German team. It was their last game of the season, and uh, they were celebrating a big win. And uh, I want to try, hopefully you can capture some of the atmosphere of what it was like to be a German fan in the stadium on this particular game. Exciting, huh? I got a friend who attends Connect. He used to work for OSHA, and I know that as he was watching that video, he was just cringing inside at all the health and safety uh, danger going on there. Um, if you are German and could understand what they were saying, I apologize if uh, it was offensive. I'm not sure what they were singing. But where was the last time you went to a Bears game and literally took your life into your own hands and stood underneath a cement like? seating area that was shaking. I mean, that's how much when they were bouncing. It's just awesome. That's real football right there. (laughs) So the cool thing about being there when they're singing, so I can remember when I used to go and see Crystal Palace play, there would come a time sometimes where where one of the teams would be down, maybe it was one or two goals down, and, and the singing would die down. Because now we're losing, you know, we're not quite as excited about singing. And inevitably, it doesn't matter where you go to watch the game, at some point, the other fans will start to sing. They'll point in our direction, they'll say, sing when you're winning, you only sing when you're winning. And they would like taunt you and say, yeah, you're not singing anymore, are you? Well, as soon as they started singing that, it was like throwing a match on gasoline. Because as soon as we heard that, we just rose up. And we, it's, you'd think we were winning 10-0 because we were singing so loud and cheering because we didn't want to be known as fans who only sang when they were winning. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning, because we're in this series, and if you're visiting, it's called Anchored, and for the last few weeks, and you can actually go online um, to connectwashington.org, and you can look at at previous weeks if you want to catch up on um, messages that you've missed. But we've been talking about this idea of how do you stay anchored during the storms of life? 
How do you stay anchored when, when the difficult times come? And, and Justin was talking earlier, wasn't he, about the enemies. And, and those storms can be um, fear or um, anxiety, uh, uh, relational issues, health issues, financial struggles. Every one of us could probably tell of a storm that we've, we've either been through or maybe are going through right now. And if we're following Jesus this morning, how do we stay anchored during those songs? And here's a crazy question I want to ask you this morning. How many of you in the midst of the storm have ever felt like singing? Because it's quite easy, isn't it, to sing when you're winning. But it's not as easy, is it, sometimes? And this morning, we started out our service with some singing. And you may have sat in a, uh, various different seats this morning. Maybe you were sat in the seat of, I'm not even sure why these people sing. I'm looking around and some of them are singing, some are clapping. There's a guy over there who's got his hands up and no one's coming to answer his question. I'm just not really sure. I'm not really sure what's going on. And then there are some of you here this morning and you were singing because you were genuinely had a lot to sing about. It's been a great week and God's good and you can look at some things in your family and your life and, and you genuinely are like, God, thank you. You're amazing. And then maybe you were sat in the seat this morning of being like, you know what? I know why we sing, but I really just don't want to sing today because of the storms that I'm in. But I wonder if during those times, I wonder if during those storms, if us choosing to sing is what anchors us in the middle of those storms. You see, there's actually a really fascinating um, Story in the Bible, it's in the New Testament, and it was um, a guy by the name of Paul. If you're familiar with the New Testament, Paul wrote a large chunk of the New Testament. And um, as, a, as a new Christian, he went out and he started to share all about Jesus. And he was um, planting churches and building the church. And, and it was in a time and an environment where he faced a lot of persecution. One day, he and Silas, Paul and another guy named Silas, they were preaching. They were talking about Jesus. And the people in that community, they just didn't want to hear it. So they didn't just stop them from doing it. They actually grabbed them, beat them up, and had them thrown into prison. It talks about it in um, a book called Acts, Acts 16, verses 20 through 24. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and, when they were, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Now, they didn't just go out and steal a car. They didn't go out and do something bad. They were thrown into prison for loving Jesus and telling other people about him. So if I'm Paul or if I'm Silas, I'm sitting in that prison cell saying, God, what's up with that? I was doing what you asked me to do. I'm on your side here. I'm doing the right thing. And here I am arrested in this prison cell. That doesn't seem fair. And here's where I get challenged, because listen to how Paul and Silas responded instead. Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. These were guys who didn't just sing when they were winning. They're in prison, having been beaten up in chains, and they are praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. 
Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now I'd love to promise you this morning in the midst of your storms, if you, if you just sing, the chains will fall off, the storms will disappear, all your problems will go away. Now I don't think that's what this is teaching us. But I think what it's teaching us is something happened in the life of Paul and Silas when they chose to sing in the middle of the prison cell. So I want us to think a little bit more about that whole idea this morning, but I want some experts to help me with that. So I'm going to invite the team. I'm looking that way. They might be coming from this. Yep, there we go. Hey, we're new to this. We haven't figured out how it all works. Here they come. Let's give a little round of applause to some of our worship team. Thank you. Who are going to come join us this morning. So we're going to sit in a little line here along the stage. Thank you. <laughs> Nick's going to join me. So. I, I have to tell you, as the lead pastor of this church, I am so incredibly uh, thankful, blessed, that we have some amazing musicians and singers and people, because it's such an important part of who we are as Connect. So, so represent, yeah, let's give these guys and all our... Uh, so we've got... Justin at the end there, we've got Gabe, we've got Caitlin here, who is, uh, Justin and Caitlin are on staff here, they work with our youth group and worship and creative, and then Nick here, and they all play a part in our worship team, and I want to talk to you guys this morning, have a little bit of a conversation with you about worship, because I don't want to be the guy talking about this, I want to hear your hearts, so knowing that we have a lot of people here from a lot of different backgrounds, some maybe they grew up never going to church. Maybe they grew up in a church where the singing was more of an organ and it was hymns. Maybe there are some here this morning where what we do is pretty low key. You know, their church, it was like a long period of singing. There was clapping, dancing, tambourines, snake handling. I mean, who knows? There could be a whole... So, so we've got everything across the spectrum here from, you know, very charismatic worship to being more traditional. So I never want to just assume that people understand why we sing. So maybe you can help me just start off, just a few of you, if you want to jump in and, and help us understand why it is that we even sing at all. I'll go ahead and start. Since, <laughs> I thought you might. I'm pretty passionate about this. <laughs> um, one, just a couple of things. When you think about the Christian faith and you think about the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, the book of Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. It's, the, it's, I think, what, over 150 different chapters. And it's, that's what it's all about. It's all about worship through the storms. King David wrote more than half of them. And it's just a, it's in a sense the foundation, right, of just crying out and singing songs and music through life, through life circumstances. Okay. And so to me, it's a key part. Music and worship are a key part of the Christian faith in, in our lives as we seek to know and follow and understand God more. Okay. So Someone that's else? some perspective. Yeah. What do you, rest of you guys, anyone got I feel like that was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I, what I love about it is it, it brings us together as a community, and, and I see it as a, a single voice worshiping a God who's so worthy and... Um, we do our best to not be distracting. We do our best to learn the songs and the words, and it might not always happen, but we do our best. But again, to me, it's, it's a time for us to join together, to, 
to worship the one who made this all possible. Uh, I believe that every good and perfect gift comes from God, and uh, it's this church, this community, our friends, our family, and it's a time for us to unite and just return that praise and thanks to him. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Anyone else on just why we do this as part of our service on a Sunday morning? It's okay, so let me... um, (laughs) Let me, let me dig into it a little bit deeper then, because we've talked about worship, we've talked about singing. Do you guys think that that's, you know, that, that worship is singing? That's what we do for 15 minutes every Sunday morning. No. On this. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we've talked about this a lot, is that worship is not singing. It's, think about the definition of worship. It's really adoring something, and it's, it's, I think in my mind, it's all about position. It's kind of about, about priority. And... And really, worship is what are we, where are we putting God in his position over in our lives, over our jobs, over our families, you know, and it's really, it's just not singing. Singing is a kind of action to kind of engage in that thought process, but at the same time, worship is really saying, God, you are above it all. I mean, that's why we sing all these songs, you know, lift our eyes, lift our hands, lift our head. It's all about getting off of life's kind of horizontal circumstances and saying, hey, Despite all that, I'm going to choose to put God above that and look to him for my hope mm-hmm. and my future and my foundation and my grace and my salvation. So yeah. to me, it's, it's just much more than just singing. So I want to ask the other guys here, because worship, you guys are obviously musicians, so I feel like you see this whole idea of worship maybe even a little more than we do, because this is a big part of how God has made you. So what about you when you think of worship? Is it just practicing some songs for a Sunday, or is it more than that? No, it's, it's definitely more than that. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's... Am I, am I not go. loud yeah. enough? It's ringing, so I was trying to... Oh, okay. Hot mic. So, yeah, uh, you know, to me, uh, it, it really, to me, it's just kind of an, like, like Justin was saying, to me, it's more of a, an action. It's a, an act of surrender. You're up here and, and you go throughout your week um, dealing with the, the issues that happen at work with your kids, with your, you know, your spouse or whatever. And, and it really, to me, it's just a time to come here and just, and, and lay that all out before them and just mm-hmm. say, you know what, God, you know, I'm raising my hands here. I, I'm letting go of it. Um, to me, that's in a nutshell what it is. I, I wish, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I wish worship were like more black and white. And uh-huh. it, to me, there's it, there's a big shade of gray in there because it it's so much more than than I don't know even kind of what we're talking about up here sure. right now. So um, to me, it really is for me personally as a musician, as a, a husband, as a father. It's just more of an act of surrender of like. I don't have this figured out at all. At, like daily, I don't have it figured out. Yeah. So to me, when I get a chance to come here and worship, it's just like, man, you know, I get to I get to worship Him, lay down my issues, and yep. and just kind of surrender all of it. And so that's what it is to me. I guess. Yeah, I like that. Um, for me personally, kind of to touch on what Nick said, it's definitely like an act of surrender. And I think that on Sunday morning, it's probably the easiest time that we can do that because we're in a building that's set up to do that in a time designated to do that. So this is kind of like the easy button for worship. But honestly, like your lifestyle outside of these four walls is really worship. And God said to love him and love others. So when we are trying to worship God, it's obeying those things. And those don't always come as first nature to me. And I'm sure 
a lot of us struggle with like being nice to people on the road or whatever it is. I think that <laughs> whatever that is for you, that's obviously mine. But um, every time that I choose to put God first and say, I'm going to choose to do what God wants me to do in this situation, whether it's when I'm parenting, working here, serving, whatever it is, that's an act of worship to God. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that before until I heard you guys answer that. But that is amazing because I think for many of our um, folks here this morning, there's a sense where I could come and I could sit and I could listen to Dave or Andy or whoever's speaking that day and, and I could choose to listen and like it or choose to do anything with it, but it's a very passive thing. I'm, I'm sitting and I'm listening. There's nothing required of me. But during that worship time, it almost forces you to be like, okay, I, I can stand and watch people sing, but if I choose to get involved, I'm actively doing something here. This is me saying, God, and I love the word that some of you used of surrender. You know, it's that point of saying, God, I... I do need your help. I, I do need you. I, I, and, and any of you who are parents this morning, you know how it feels. You know, I, I think sometimes our kids maybe come to us and almost a little timid or ashamed, like, hey, can you help me with this? Or can you, you know? But as parents, we never see that as a sign of weakness. We're never like, oh, seriously? You can't get the lid off the milk? Come on, how old are you? You know? I feel like as parents, we're like, yeah, I'd love to help you. I'd love, you know, we, we, we connect with that surrender that comes from our kids. And I feel like that's what God's looking yeah. for from us. And when we sing, it's that moment of saying, God, we, we really do need you in this crazy life that we're trying to <laughs> figure out. So, yeah, I like that. So help me here because, again, a lot of people, a lot of different backgrounds. We see a lot of different things happen here on a Sunday morning. Sometimes, like Justin, you had us clapping earlier. Um, I've, I've, you know, there are people here who will raise their hands during worship. Help me understand why that happens. Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard from you in a while. Well, hopefully we're on beat and uh, <laughs> yes. the music sounds good. And I think that's kind of a natural reaction that people just kind of move to music, right? Yeah. So um, I remember... Honestly, growing up, Justin was kind of a mentor to me. Uh, he, he'd just been doing this for a long time, long time. and <laughs> helped with our youth group. And, you know, I grew up seeing guys like him and Dave Mudd and, and yourself, like, you know, leading worship to a bunch of kids. And, you know, beyond that, just living a life that was, uh, I wanted to be like, you know, you work hard, you, you glorify God in what you do. And so they always explained to me, and I'll use the same analogy. Yeah. And I can because I've got four little boys. You know, when, you know, you walk by your kid and he's just like, please hold me. Somebody, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So that's what they explained to me is that just like a little kid reaching out to their father or mother when they need them, when they need something. Maybe that's a reason why people respond mm-hmm. by raising hand, that kind yeah. of thing. And also just kind of, a, like Nick said before, a, an act of surrender. Like, man, let's just you know, we need help, right? Yeah. Sometimes. And, yeah. uh, life's not always super easy. So. Yeah. I think it's cool that if you study the old Testament a little bit, that God asked the Israelites that as they went into warfare, into battle, that, you know, the tribes of Judah in a sense that they had, or the tribes is that the Levites always led as they headed into battle and the Levites were the musicians. How, what in the world? I mean, most musicians aren't big, big burly guys here. Nick's the burly musician. <laughs> He's the man. I'd want him lead me I'd, into I'd battle. I'd send Nick into battle. Sure. Yeah, I'd be all right following him. <laughs> but why, why, what, why is that? I guess I've always kind of asked myself, why did God say that and show that in the Old Testament? 
Because once again, it was that, hey, they, the, he had the musicians lead into battle. And what they do, they clapped and they played horns and they sang songs. And it was like they were saying, hey, look out, enemy. <laughs> Just like we sang today is that here we come and our God is bigger. And I think that's, in a sense, why we clap and why we kind of engage and lean in and do these action or engagement things is because, in a sense, it's something that in the spiritual world and in the physical world, they kind of collide together. Mm-hmm. So I think, it's, I think it's just pretty powerful. It's why we do what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, in the, in the scriptures talk about it, right? Clap your hands, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That's what they were doing. They were, they were going through life's battles, and they wanted to have music and worship as kind of that part to engage in that and yeah. know that God was going to fight their battles for them. So. And we talk sometimes when we're talking about worship in the context of Connect because uh, we're a new church and there's a lot of new people come here. So we don't have dozens of years of history where everyone kind of knows, oh, this is why they do what they do. So we try and always remember that and never make assumptions. Um, so we recognize that people are coming from all different backgrounds. So for some, they may raise their hands. It's the first time they've ever done it. And that's part of their experience of worshiping God. And we, you know, we'll laugh sometimes. For others, it's like, did you see that guy? He took his hands out of his pockets during worship. You can really tell he's, he's, he's getting really, you know, there, there was some kind of physical change went on, you know, and, and different people are at different stages. And there's no pressure. It's not like, you know, we're expecting you if you really want to get this. To Some people are more comfortable doing this. Others aren't. And that's totally okay. But I wanted you to understand this morning that, that A, sometimes it's good to stretch ourselves a little bit and say, God, you know, maybe... Maybe me singing this song, it's, it's, it's not something that is my natural comfort zone, but I'm going to do it because I want you to know that I care, you know, that I love you, that I need you in my life. And for others, it's just, so um, this is back at Washington Middle School many years ago, four or five years ago, um, a dear friend of Casey and I is a young lady by the name of Heather. Um, we got to meet Heather um, when she started attending Connect. And uh, she'd actually returned back home from where she lived in another state because she'd been diagnosed with cancer. And we got to go and pray with her at hostel while she was having treatments and battling this cancer. And uh, for probably about a year, we got to really know this, this beautiful young lady in her 20s, uh, mid-20s. And I can remember some Sunday mornings, I would come in after worship already started, and we'd be at the middle school, and I'd walk down this aisle here, and Heather would always sit just right around here. And as I walked by, whatever song, if it was a worship song, she just had both arms raised in the air. And I remember the amount of times I used to think, you know, whatever is going on in my life right now, the fact that Heather can stand, she loved oceans, she loved Caitlin singing oceans. Um, that was her song, and if ever we sang that, you saw. And it was super cool, because her mom's here this morning, and I know that her mom was new in her journey of following Jesus that time. And for her, that was a real stretch for the mom to put her arms in the air. But now I'll see sometimes her here. Heather has sadly since passed away. Cancer uh, sadly took its toll on her. But I'll see Heather's mom worshiping with her arms right, and it's like not only did Heather choose to worship in the midst of a storm, it inspired her mom and her faith to also say, God, I love you, you know, for what you've shown me of you and my daughter. And, but in light of that, help me understand, because what, what does it mean to worship when you're in a storm? You know, because let's be honest, we don't always feel like, I mean, some of us don't ever feel like singing. I realize this is a stretch, but even those of us who like to worship when we're going through tough times, help me understand that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think I've shared this with 
some of you guys, but like he said, some of you guys are new. But um, when I had my, fir my first babies, my son, um, it was like a normal pregnancy, everything. And uh, I had him, everything was bliss, new motherhood. And about six hours after he was born, um, they just noticed, noticed some things were wrong with his blood work. So we actually got transferred and rushed to the NICU. And we were there for a month and just kind of in this unknown period. And I mean, that was obviously the hardest thing that I ever have gone through. And like during that period, this song came out called Even When It Hurts. And it kind of just like repeated this line, like, even when it hurts, I will praise you. And it's like this kind of this whole thing, like this act of surrender, surrendering my fear, my unbelief, this, this anger even, like I will choose to praise you even in this. And so then kind of fast forward a few months, um, he was actually diagnosed with leukemia and we were going towards getting a bone marrow transplant. So we were gonna go down to Memphis um, it was supposed to be like a three-day trip. It turned into a month-long inpatient trip, and he was like headed to get dialysis. His kidney function wasn't doing well, so um, we actually got transferred to another hospital. And during that time, we started um, trying to get out and go into a church just to kind of like take us out of the hospital. And they sang this song called Do It Again. And at that time, some of his like numbers had just changed slightly. So it wasn't like these big things in the moment that were changing, but like those, the bridge of that song says, I've seen you move the mountains and I believe that I'll see you do it again. And even those things, like they seemed like anthills at the time, I had to still choose to surrender and say, I've seen you do something and I'm gonna choose to believe that you'll do it again. And so after that, it kind of like, his numbers just started getting better out of nowhere. Like, it's still a mystery what happened. He doesn't have a leukemia diagnosis anymore. And, I mean, we're still praising God for that. But right around when he was about a year old, the song, I Raise a Hallelujah, the one that we did today, came out. And the story behind that song, the people that wrote it, they're actually the worship pastors at a church. And um, a little boy... Like, the story paralleled Rowan's exactly with his whole, like, having to go to dialysis and everything. And so that kind of instantly took me back to that moment of, like, wow, like, there's another family going through this exact feeling that I went through. And for them to sit, kind of like Dave said, to see people who have gone through it still choose to raise their hands and still proclaim that over the situation, it's just just kind of like full circle for me. Like, so that's why like that song today specifically, it's just all of these songs kind of have become this like background track to my life that I can look at them and remember that God has come through and see these times in my life that he has. And I get to sing this with all of you guys and praise him and hopefully join you guys in your journey and um, support you guys, so. Yeah. And in the, the story that we read earlier with Paul and Silas, you know, they're in the jail, but they worship and the chains fell off and they get set free. Caitlin, you just shared a story there, you know, that as you were worshiping, you started to see an improvement in Rowan. Do you think that's like a, is that how it works? We sing and everything changes. And if it doesn't, how, how do you guys address that? You know, I've always seen it as that, in a sense, singing and worship is like, it's once again leaning in and it's kind of almost like Peter when he stepped out on the water. And that sometimes life is really hard and the answers aren't there. 
and you just got to step out on the water and you got you got to do something and you got to sing and you got to raise your hands and you got to clap and I don't care if it's in your alone in a bedroom but you just got to go for it and say build my faith God because I don't have a lot and I just you know your story was you guys we've it's been amazing what God has done but even in, in my own life you know with just simple stuff but I told the story about my son he broke his collarbone and it was like a huge fear of ours and guess what it happened <laughs> you know and but guess but what the what did Landon say after he broke his collarbone we got in the car and headed to the hospital and he said dad can you turn on the song build my life by Pat Barrett and guess what we sing that all the time he says I want to build my life that despite the storms that I'm going to lean in and engage with God and build my faith, even though I might not have a little, have much. It just takes a little mustard seed, you know? And I think, I think that's my heart every Sunday morning when we come together is that it's so precious. It's so precious to come with all of you and encourage one another and to build our faith and go after God. And yeah, we don't see him, but guess what? We get to see the effect of him just like the wind we get to see the impact of him in our lives and how he encourages people and he brings them through storms. Doesn't always necessarily what take us out of the storm, but he's there with us through yeah. the storm and builds yeah. our faith. So I knew I was going to get emotional. I tried hard not to. I'm sorry. <laughs> to piggyback on both of those, three years ago, Lindsay and I lost a really good friend to cancer. He was 41, three kids, prime of his life. And, um, we were on vacation at the time, and his wife called me and said, hey, you know, services are in a few days. Would you, would you lead worship? And immediately, it's the last thing I wanted to do. Uh-huh. You know, I lost a good friend. Why would I want to, you know, you're angry, you're mad. You're, mm-hmm. you know, how are they going to deal with this? How are we going to deal with this? And anyway, I, I guess along those same lines, we didn't know what else to do, right? And so... Um, we go to the service and tons of people and we sing it as well and some songs like that and it was just so incredibly difficult to do that but again to see all his loved ones and friends just join together and god we don't know what's going on we don't know why this happened we know you have a plan we know that your hands upon this family and you're going to deliver them and you know you you have hope right yeah. you know yeah. in the midst of all of that but it's, it's, it was all we knew what to do, Yeah. you know, and we joined together and we said, hey, we're in this together. We're going to figure it out. We're going to support each other. We're going to love each other and, mm-hmm. and figure things out. And yeah. Just to have his wife say, do you want to sing a few songs? And it was so hard, and, um, but I'm hoping it helped them. I think it mm-hmm. helped some of the friends, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing for me about worship is just how, how much peace it can bring in a storm. Um, like earlier this year, my mom was real sick and in the hospital and to the point that we didn't know that she, she was going to like live through the night. And as, a, as it sounds really weird, but she always told me like when, when I pass away, I want somebody to sing it is well at my, my funeral visitation. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but all right, I'll make sure it happens. And, uh, but she was, she was sick. She was laying there and I stayed most of the night the night she was in the hospital <clears throat> and it was just like these guys are saying like you're you're up and down the emotions you're angry I was super frustrated with the doctors and my mom has a bunch of weird friends so they were all in and out and I was super <laughs> frustrated with them 
And so I was just like, man, this is horrible, you know? And so finally at like, like four o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I, you know, her levels were starting to do, do better. And, you know, I, could, I mean, it was obvious that people were praying and, um, but I was, I was like, I'm going to go home, take a shower and like, just kind of wrap my head around this. And I'm, I don't think I told anybody this and I'm going to be Justin here and start crying, <laughs> man. But I'm driving home and it as well is on the radio. Wow. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know? So, and I remember driving home being so anxious and, and just like, I got to get a shower, get back there. And I remember coming home and just being like, I feel like it's, it's all right. Like I just brought such a huge piece to just like that song came on and it is well the words, you guys all know the words and the fact that it's a song that my mom yeah. wanted to have played. You know, I was like, man, if, if this goes this way or that way, like she's good with it, you know? And uh, it brought a ton of peace to mm -hmm. me that day. That's cool. Yeah. And the hymn itself, if you know the story, was written by a man who lost his, uh, uh, I think his wife, his children yeah, for wife sure. And children. Wife and children in a boat that sank. And uh, so in the midst of that. And I think that's important to understand this morning, um, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, but if you're not this morning, because... If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're listening on, it can sound a little bit like, oh, well, you know, in the midst of their pain and anguish, they just put on a happy face and sing a song, and that's what gets them. And it really isn't that. In fact, Justin was talking about the Psalms earlier, and of 150 Psalms, they're, they're, um, they're all categorized as different types of Psalms. There are Psalms of thanksgiving, uh, Psalms of praise, um, and, and Psalms of lament. And the category with the most psalms are the psalms of yeah. lament. If you look through, there are more psalms of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, people crying out in the, and that's okay. And sometimes the songs we sing are from a place of anger or doubt or, but the foundation, the anchor is in that moment saying, but God, I'm going to turn to you and, and I'm going to try and figure out just in this storm Maybe this song is just what will anchor me in this moment. It won't answer all the questions. It won't solve everything, but it'll... So we want to just, and, and to be honest with you guys, I, we're out of time, which is a shame because I feel like we could talk so much more about this. But this is such an important part of who we are as Connect. And you come every Sunday and, and you get to see us singing. And, and I think we're doing a disservice if we don't from time to time just kind of explain, hey, here's why we take this time to sing. It's not just to kind of, it's not the, I'm, these aren't the warm-up band for when I come, all right? This isn't just kind of getting you, and then here's Dave. Uh, this is a genuine part of our, our reason to gather on a Sunday morning. It isn't just to hear a speaker speak. It's to spend time as a community telling God how amazing he is and how much we need him in our lives, and, and especially, especially in the storms. So would you help me by just saying thanks to these amazing guys and gals?